Hello and welcome to H2Omics, the Calson's podcast that gives you insight into the smart irrigation and sustainability world. I'm Carolina Alban Stoughton. A year ago during Smart Irrigation Month, we launched the H2Omic podcast with Calson's Director of Commercial Operations, Mike Haldane, as a guest. We talked about the transformation of smart irrigation by offering an as-a-service solution meant to make irrigation management more accessible to organizations that need it. Calson's named it Irrigation Management as a Service, or IMAS. This year, Calson's is launching Smart Irrigation 2.0, a new initiative which is leading the industry into a new era of smart irrigation. This era will embrace machine learning and human expertise to minimize water and labor waste and ensure our landscapes remain sustainably beautiful. Welcome back to H2Omics, Mike. Can you believe it's been a year? It's hard to believe it's been a year, and thanks for having me back. Of course. Uh, so Calson's just launched its future-looking roadmap called Smart Irrigation 2.0, which showcases the great things that can happen when smart irrigation experts and innovators embrace technology advances. Why was Smart Irrigation 2.0 developed, and who was behind it? Well, so there were a couple of things that were behind it, and I'll, I'll get to the who in just a minute. Um, it really goes back about a year ago, and that was the point at which Calsons decided to bring a formal product management function into the organization. So we hired a senior product manager. His name is Josh Lehman, uh, somebody who I've worked with for a number of years, as it turns out. And he started to build out um, the function within within Calsons, and that included process and tools and and uh, uh, bringing in market research and that type of thing to help us better understand what the industry was doing, where it was going, where we needed to go from a leadership standpoint, and then specifically what customers were looking for from the standpoint of features and pricing and, and that sort of thing. So as it turns out, uh, one of the first big initiatives of that effort uh, in building out product management at CalSense was to launch what we call the Calsons Innovation Council. So this was a, a three-day meeting where we brought in customers from across the country and uh, brought them in from the different verticals that we serve. So we had a, a track for K-12 education, we had a track for municipalities, and we had a track for university customers. We brought them in and we ran through focus groups that got to the specifics of where we should be thinking um, in terms of uh, our, our product development roadmap and that sort of thing. So that's the how. Uh, as far as the who, it was a function of um, our development team and the product management team. I was involved. Uh, we had folks from our marketing team involved. And again, the idea was to bring those folks in and to figure out, you know, specifically what was what, what was going to be the utmost importance in terms of where we were going next, and then to build out a roadmap that would allow that to happen. Sounds amazing. Can we go a little bit more into detail and what are the key components of this roadmap and what kind of reception has it had within the industry and beyond? We actually launched a public facing roadmap about three weeks ago. So that was uh, in the month of June. Um, and basically what we said was, you know, our, our view on where we are, where we've been and where we're headed uh, is as such. So we talked about the fact that in many cases, if you go back decades, customers were using traditional irrigation uh, timers. They, they were controllers, but uh, in that they, they controlled when the water came on and when it went off, but they were just really nothing more than a clock. So it was basically irrigation by schedule. 
Um, didn't really take into, in, into effect anything having to do with weather or soil type or any of those types of things. And then a few decades ago, um, and CalSense was certainly one of the pioneers on, on this front, but smart irrigation control became a thing. And that was where you were able to take into consideration uh, plant type and slope and soil type and um, either even even weather um, with things like, um, you know, knowing if it rained. Uh, so you might have a tipping rain bucket or how much it rained and how much evaporation is taking place. All of those things became part of the algorithm to determine uh, when and where irrigation should occur. And and that's been where we've been for quite some time, for a number of decades. And that's where uh, CalSense was founded. And it's to a large extent where the industry uh, is today. But about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we launched as a service pricing. So you mentioned earlier irrigation management as a service or IMAS. That's the ability for customers to implement solutions without having to actually spend capital dollars um, to, to buy things like controllers and the various peripherals that go along with that. We launched that about uh, a year and a half ago, as I mentioned, and that's enabled customers to be able to look at the possibility of putting in place everything they need up front uh, without having to use capital budgets. And therefore, that allows them to do everything up front as opposed to um, having to spread it out over, over you know, three years, five years, 10 years, whatever it might be. So um, the nice thing about that is that it, it allows them to start to see the value of the whole system in year one, as opposed to having to wait three years, five years, or 10 years down the road. So that's, you know, that was kind of the newest innovation. And in fact, we won um, an award from Irrigation Association uh, this past year uh, from a new product perspective. We took silver uh, in Las Vegas last year. So we were all pretty excited about that. Now, as we look forward, it's really a matter of getting all of the devices that need to be connected to the Internet connected. Um, so we call that IoT first architecture. And really what that is, is having each controller having an independent connection to the internet so that they've got access to our cloud application. And uh, when we do that, it gives us the ability to manage, but also it, it drastically um, can improve performance you know, from an overall perspective. So we're down the path uh, right now by uh, putting in place um, offers, if you will, um, and a roadmap that supports each controller talking with the internet independently. And there are a whole lot of reasons for doing that, but we have we have some pretty attractive incentives that are out there right now to make that happen. And then as we look into the future, um, we're working on um, updates to our user interface. And the idea there is to make it as intuitive as it can be, both at the controller as well as our cloud application that allows central management of all of the controllers that we're talking about. But to make it as intuitive as it can be so that contractors and people who are new to an organization can quickly figure out how to navigate uh, the menus uh, with the CalSense system. So that's that's work in progress and we'll see updates that are happening uh, there in the short term. And then as we start to look at more of the macro level, we want to be able to know where all of our assets are. So not just the controllers, but also where our flow sensors are and valve boxes and that sort of thing. Um, so the ability to map all of that and show it on a dashboard and, and you know, on a map will be useful to customers as we look forward. So that's something that comes a little bit later. And then predictive analytics. Uh, predictive analytics are really all about being able to get as proactive as possible. So one of the things that we heard when we talked with our innovation council members was that much of what they do 
is reactive because they don't know that it's a problem until it breaks. Well, with predictive analytics, we're able to look for signs that something is going to fail at some point in time and then to be able to take proactive steps to either uh, repair it or to replace it if it's just at the end of its life and you know we're on bot time at that point. So those are some of the things that we're working on for the, the next several months. And, you know, this is what we went public with recently. And so, you know, from a customer base perspective, we're starting to talk with customers about where we're headed and what we're working on so that they know kind of what to expect from CalSense as we look into the future. This all sounds amazing. So how can existing customers access all this technology and what what kind of hardware do uh, people who want to access this new era uh, need to get in order to be able to take advantage of all these new technology? Yeah, there there are two primary ways that customers can prepare themselves for what's coming. And as I mentioned, we're putting incentives in place to make sure that all of our customers are ready. <clears throat> One is to upgrade their controller. And Calsons has, a, and for many years, has had a special program available to existing customers to allow them to upgrade from older technology to the latest technology. And um, what we've done recently is we've actually lowered the price for the upgrade to incent customers to upgrade sooner than later so that as these new features come out, they're ready for them. We're always about the customer experience and we want our customers to to be able to take full advantage of all of this as soon as it's available. So we're, we're trying to incent them to take action sooner than later. And the way we're doing that is by giving them uh, a little bit more bang for their buck by saying, you know, you may have the budget set aside, but now you can upgrade more of the controllers that you would have been able to, than you would have been able to upgrade otherwise, uh, because we've lowered the price. And so that's one way. The other way is, is what I talked about earlier with IoT first architecture. So the other part of it is the communications package. Uh, we have a lot of customers with radios that talk to each other and, and that sort of thing. And that's great. And it's served us well for, for decades. Uh, but the fastest way to enable some of the features that we're talking about is to give them a modem connection to our cloud. So we've got similar incentives uh, to upgrade communications. Um, and, you know, we've, we've made those public as well uh, going back a few weeks. Um, and again, the idea is to get uh, customers to the point where they can take full advantage of the, the features that we've got coming shortly. So. So we put incentives in place both for the controller as well as for the communications package. Um, we're doing things with the communications package that um, that that take away uh, some of the fears related to ongoing data plans and that sort of thing. We've, we've bundled things in such a way that uh, many of those fears go away. So um, anyone who has any specific questions about that can contact me directly or they can talk to their local field person um, who has all the details um, that they might want to have? Yeah. So, what um, what a great way to celebrate a smart irrigation month, you know, with an upgrade uh, upgraded controllers that will be ready to embrace that new era of smart irrigation. So, when do you anticipate this technology and these features becoming available? Is there a timeline for certain releases? Yeah, there's not a not a specific timeline other than to say that some of what I'm talking about is available now. Some of it will be available toward the end of the year, and then some of it will will fall into 2024. Um, but it's all actively a part of our roadmap, and um, you know these are all things that we're working on currently. 
Fantastic. I, I want to go back to irrigation management as a service because it is definitely addressing uh, the urgency of severe drought in the case of California and possibly other states. And also it addresses labor shortages, which are still uh, part of our industry at this point and other industries. So how does IMAS fit into these roadmap? If you can just uh, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Carolina, because it's it's an important point. When we first launched IMS, it was really with the idea that the need for our products is urgent. And at the same time, we recognize that not everybody has a capital budget to be able to accommodate buying what what's needed. If I look at just the recent, you know, seven days of news, uh, I think it was on July 4th that um, the science community came out and said that the average daily temperature set a new record high um, on that day, on that Tuesday. So, you know, keeping in mind that it's winter in the Southern Hemisphere and it's summer in the Northern Hemisphere uh, for several decades now, I think the better part of 50 years, they have been they have been calculating an average temperature um, every day uh, for, you know, for all those years. And Fourth uh, of July was the hottest average day on record. And you know, that's not a good thing, but it's a function of climate change and some of the, the changes in, um, you know, weather patterns that we're seeing as a result of it. If I look at my own home state of Minnesota, uh, we had the driest June or maybe it was the second driest June on record um, wow. this past month. And, you know, when I first came to Minnesota 20 plus years ago, we could count on regular thunderstorms um, that would happen throughout the summer. And that would keep things green. And, and right now it's about as dry as it can be, you know, in the countryside because uh, we had so little rain in, I think it was less than an inch in the month of June. And so far, July has, has turned out to be the same. So these are all just signs of a bigger, you know, a bigger crisis. And it's, it's, it's the reason that we launched IMAS. We want customers to be able to t- have access to the technology they, they need to be able to adapt as climate change continues to roll out. So if you think about, you know, those customers that need it, they're, they're experiencing drought or um, they have old technology um, or they just need to upgrade to be able to take advantage of some of the features that we're talking about, um, you know, they, they need a capital budget unless they go the route of as a service pricing, which is what IMAS is all about. So again, as a service pricing allows them to get everything they need today, um, but not have to pay for it with capital budgets that they may not have. Right. I think I no, I think it's great. And and I'm I'm so glad that you spent some time talking about uh climate change. Uh especially because here in California we just had a lot of rain in the winter. So uh some people may be uh you know maybe may thinking, oh, the drought is over. Um so what 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 message uh would you give to to people who are in charge, who have the power to conserve water, because now that we have it, we need to conserve it. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, California went through years of drought prior to this past winter. Um, that, that was a wet winter, and, and thank goodness it was. Um, but, you know, who's to say what's going to happen next winter and the winter after that? And if you look at places like New York State right now, they're going through some pretty substantial flooding. But at some point, that's all going to subside, and that's not really going to help their water supply at all. And so, you know, moments in time don't define the trend. The trend is still that we're 
we're in a climate crisis and we need to conserve water wherever we can and we need to manage it as best we can when we when we do have periods of of, of moisture um and then you know from the labor point that you made you know from that standpoint um labor shortages are are here they've been here for quite some time we never really recovered it would seem from the pandemic period you can go just about anywhere and uh and see that you know retail establishments or municipalities or companies um whether they be private companies or public companies they they all seem to have lots of job openings and um difficulty in attracting and keeping uh the employees that they need to run their operation so you know anything we can do on the irrigation side to help make the labor that we do have access to that much more efficient uh that's a good thing it it um it helps us do more with less or you know more with um um less than we need, I guess, is maybe a better way to put it. Yeah, I mean, we have that technology. Now let's use it. Um, Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to be on our podcast. Uh, We're very much looking forward to those new features being released. And of course, happy Smart Irrigation Month to you. Thank you very much. That was Calson's Director of Commercial Operations, Mike Haldane. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to listen to other episodes, visit calsons.com slash podcast or search for H2Omics on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, I'm Carolina Alban-Stoey.